It is um, a great pleasure for me to be here and to have been invited uh, to talk at this symposium and I would like to thank the Society for the invitation and uh, also for the setting of the invitation this rather wonderful spot I have entitled um, the paper By Way of Essential Meaning and I hope uh, the meaning of that will become clear the subject matter of this paper is derived from that extraordinary affirmation in Ibn Arabi's Fasus al-Hikam regarding the nature of the era we are informed but the Gnostics are the worshippers of the era because each era is a revelation from among the revelations of the divinity the great God in each era reveals himself with certain qualities that is why era is one of the divine names the prophet said do not revile the era because the era it is God the high God in every moment is revealed in a different revelation and upon the people the quality of that era is dominant that quality with which God reveals himself to that time I think it is probably true to say that if one is not astonished by this Akbarian view of the nature of reality one hasn't understood it Ibn Arabi's view of the unity of existence is truly astonishing and it is an astonishment which aims to transport the aspirant like the content of all Ibn Arabi's writings to a fundamental existential realization of the meaning of that unity rather than simply to induce an individual act of cognitive clarity we might be inclined to inquire from an assumed spectatorial point of view as to what modernity might look like or be conceived of in relation to the fundamental expression the unity of existence whose meaning is central and vital to Ibn Arabi and his followers but if we are to follow the Sheikh al-Akbar in our attempt to overcome the significance of what some theorists of modernity have labelled the enigma of modernity we must begin to understand the era from the point of view of its essential universal meaning certainly it seems that our human experience of modernity bears uncanny testimony to Ibn Arabi's view of the kaleidoscopic transmutation and transformation of reality at every moment but it is this very same ever-changing infinity of the world process which in our case are those monumental changes to lived human experience engendered by modernity which has led some modern theorists to conclude that modernity's chief characteristic 
is a permanently radicalised ongoing revision of convention applied in principle to all aspects of human life so that we live in a world where we can never be sure that any given element of that knowledge will not be revised if we are to overcome the enigma of this radicalizing relativism of all knowledge and to refuse its refusal of certainty then as many of us here may already know the unity of existence as expounded by Ibn Arabi is a powerful pertinent and perfect antidote the astonishment engendered by Ibn Arabi's account of the era involves at the very least a wholesale reconceptualization of the status of modernity and the reorchestration of our sense of time I shall concentrate on what Ibn Arabi would regard as the basic and interior sense of time the other sense of time which is derivative refers to relative and measurable time to live in the now that is in the oneness of the moment as the Gnostics do and the aspirants strive to do is to be in that situation that place without place where as Ibn Arabi says in the Fasus al-Hikam there is no two times here the present moment is experienced as an eternal becoming in which following Ibn Arabi in this matter the is becomes was and the will be becomes is at one and the same identical instant without gap and this is the reality of the high God in every moment revealing himself in a different revelation both to the horizons and in ourselves in respect of God being called time the whole of existence is God's day it is always God who is perpetually revealing himself and concealing himself without beginning and end the term God's day consequently reaffirms the oneness, uniqueness and universality of being and reminds us of the affirmation of divine self-disclosure as no other than the movement of his love to be known and its complementary binary affirmation that God was and nothing was with him that is of God's pre-temporal existence without time or things or change or movement for Ibn Arabi both imminence and transcendence have to be asserted of reality as a whole if you are he says to follow the right course bearing these important parameters in mind what follows will be an attempt to explore something of what is involved and implied by Ibn Arabi's affirmation 
of divine self-disclosure as the movement of God's love to be known as a means for understanding our times to see the world the era in the image of God's eternal becoming is to be invited by Ibn Arabi to an awareness of the era which as an ever changing configuration of images of the real bearing the imprint of certain governing qualities has its adamantine roots in the unending instantiation of the infinite contents of the divine creative imagination where things are born freshly and uniquely at every moment sometimes described as we have noted as the perpetual creation of the whole world at each breath therein lies the comprehensive astonishment of things as they really are every era including our own is perpetually in the making and each possesses its particular and uniquely determining features and this includes its concomitant forms of thought its predominating self-definitions conceptual categories assumptions and cognitive architecture through which it views the world and itself and all this is embraced by the dominant quality by which God reveals himself to that time and we also know in spite of the fact that Ibn Arabi insists on the limitations of reflective thinking to uncover anything but a a small fraction of reality and of its tendency to bind reality within its own rational schemas that God can inspire not only through inner unveiling and immediate witnessing but through a person's thinking and enquiry with his intellect in this sense the heart's knowledge is constantly transposing itself into infinite cognitive and intellectually communicative forms it can represent itself not only in sensation images, memories and dreams but in syllogistic arguments number theory and intellectual cognition of all kinds including the thought forms of modernity itself the worshippers of the era clear of mental imaginings and dogmas see God in all the varied manifestations according to the manifestation of the name who is the Rab of that manifestation knowing that it has manifested in that manifestation according to the inclination of that manifestation or place and the thought forms of modernity cannot be excluded from the theatres of God's manifestation and even to those who do not acknowledge or recognise the theophanic nature of reality and imagine reality to be otherwise still we are told it is also God appearing to them in that form 
according to the place of human reception. Perhaps then, those exegetes of Ibn Arabi, who understandably have frustrations with modernity, and thereby with modern thought, must be careful not to underestimate the Akbarian ontology of the era as indissolubly tied to the unity and theophany of existence. For there are some global features of modernity, such as science, technology and economics, and their extraordinary influence on the self-definitions of modernity, which seem very much like visibly ubiquitous qualities of the age. In this respect, Ibn Arabi's elucidation of the status of the era is one which allows everything its due, which has a due. This itself does not in any manner debar the Gnostic from distancing himself from the images or thought forms of the era in order to invite those who have the inclination and aptitude to face from the relative to the absolute so they the ones who have the aptitude unite between the absolute and the relative it is only from the position of Tawheed that the spirit of that time however or in whomsoever it manifests itself can be fully embraced and instantiated for that place is where the world is seen in the image of his beauty and we are also reminded that the envoy who is ordained for that time is the greatest place of manifestation for the completion of that quality with which God reveals himself to that time even though for the sake of guiding others such a person may appear in denial of the times the fundamental fact of divine activity includes ourselves and our times the dynamic logic of this divine influence is accomplished under the dispensation of the divine names sometimes also described under the rubric of secondary causes which causes are another way of describing the action of the divine names in their tangible effects these are the means by which the tasks of God are accomplished there are no fissures no black holes no gaps no temporal priority between the era and God such also is modernity and it follows that if we are to grasp the essential significance and reality of what modern intellectual authorities have characterized as modernity it will require following the advice of Ibn Arabi a complete alignment to the unity of existence and the abrogation of any lesser point of view and this also implies an equally important shift in emphasis and orientation 
for the basic question now becomes not simply what is the era of modernity but rather who is it that is known in, through and as that very same era it is in relation to this unitive understanding of the era as no other than God's theatre of manifestation that we learn two further things firstly that God has let us know that he is time and that he possesses days where there is differentiation into different epochs and eras secondly we learn that time itself has only a perspectival reality and no independent or substantial reality of its own in this sense it is not time that is ultimately perceived or experienced but God's activity and revelation renewed freshly at every instant this is what the Arif is given to know and engenders the description of the Arif as a worshipper of the era in addition and from the point of view of the unity of existence as expounded by Ibn Arabi each era has an inward and outward aspect an unseen and a visible dimension each era contains that which is hidden and remains unseen by us and that which is obvious, visible, corporeal and tangible what we are presented with is an Akbarian exposition which allows the world to be perceived simultaneously as its own veil and yet which ultimately signifies its divine root as a shadow to its owner as we have already hinted much of the Sheikh's visionary experience as documented for example in the contemplation of the holy mysteries and the rising of the divine lights or the Ru al-Quds or the Tarjiman al-Ashwak and many others may seem far removed from the contours of modernity and the ordinary experience of many of its inhabitants to some observers such visionary material may be dismissed as simply the historical products of a medievalism to others who are committed to Ibn Arabi's vision such contemplative experience may seem to indicate a necessary flight from modernity and its discourses even a rejection of the modern in favour of the eternal but to the worshippers of the era the Gnostics the era is the breath of the merciful and not only are our individual states all signs of this but we are in those signs even when we do not notice let it be noted also that we ourselves necessarily exist under the canopy of that quality with which God reveals himself to that era 
but to be consciously immersed in this awareness in oneself and unto the horizons as it is expressed in the Quran reconfigures or transfigures the very nature of modernity as it is commonly understood it conceives of modernity as indissolubly tied to that process of the clarification of the world which sees the labyrinth of secondary causes and the dominant qualities which uniquely constitute for us modernity as the outward form of unseen realities which God did not establish aimlessly and which the Arif is given to see as no less than the Mufas Rahmani. In the Meccan revelations we are tantalizingly told that the Arif observes the likenesses God has made and in that immediate witnessing he actually sees precisely what connects the likeness and that which it symbolizes if for a moment we consider as the intellectual authorities of modernity generally do only the manifest defining qualities of modernity what in the terminology of Ibn Arabi would be called its secondary causes there would be little reason to quarrel with the historian Eric Hobsbawm's conclusion that modernity constitutes the greatest transformation in human history since remote times by doing so we can also perhaps glimpse in the context of modernity and its analysts the extraordinary power of Ibn Arabi's vision to engender insights into the deeper spiritual grammar of that historical transformation in order to proceed I will present an overly brief but hopefully informative picture of how modernity is viewed by some of its representative intellectual authorities not only is modernity regarded as the great transformation but its monumental and unprecedented impact has profoundly, profoundly affected many people's subjective expectation of what it is to be a person of course the term modern world includes practices and beliefs which may be considered unemancipatory and even medieval rather than modern and includes many and diverse views about what is true and good both secular and religious both cognitive and moral as well as including perhaps even postmodern incredulity towards any overarching account of what the world is like or what the world should be by contrast by contrast with the term modern world the term modernity generally refers to the preferred idea of human social and individual progress through the application of rationally based strategies particularly as exemplified in science technology 
and the calculative rationality of industrial and global capitalism in modernity as Anthony Giddens puts it the claims of reason replace those of tradition what the analysts of modernity bring to our attention is the predominant quality of our era its uniquely identifying characteristics these are the culturally dominant forms taken by science technology and economics we may say that the alignment of science and technology with the rationality of industrial capitalism was unique in its history and strategic to its prodigious global development this is the historical backdrop within which and against which the human drama of modernity is being played out these are our times but the promises of science, technology and global capitalism have suffered some severe setbacks in the 20th century and thus far into the 21st and there is a feeling that its human costs are beginning to noticeably outweigh its human benefits it is engendering its own metaphysical crisis and also at the most abstract intellectual level if we follow Giddens in this matter the equation of knowledge with certitude has turned out, turned out to be misconceived we are abroad in a world where we can never be sure that any given element of that knowledge will not be revised the increasing awareness of the conjectural and provisional nature of all forms of human knowledge both social and scientific has itself become a hallmark of modernity many of the influential intellectual authorities of modernity for example philosophy sociology and psychology refract in their 20th century development theorizing and methodologies those forms of scientific technological and calculative rationality most characteristic of the modern era at any rate if this picture makes some sense has some minimal plausibility then there are a number of questions we can raise regarding Ibn Arabi's Wadat al-Wujud in relation both to the unfinished project of modernity as Habermas calls it and to the polytheism of values sometimes now referred to as the clash of civilizations evidently characteristic of the modern world I propose to deal schematically with just two related questions which have some bearing on this matter firstly the question of what can be called the re-enchantment of the world in the light of Ibn Arabi's unity of existence and secondly the question of whether the increasing interest in Ibn Arabi in western culture is simply an accidental throwback to a pre-scientific pre-technological pre-industrial age or something of much more universal significance for our times
one feature of the world which Ibn Arabi points out with some poignancy is that the world is to itself its own veil and thus cannot see God due to the fact that it sees itself and this perhaps can be said to apply to our own perception of the era and our perception of ourselves for Ibn Arabi a person's biological psychological and cultural matrix and the historical circumstances and events which define and constitute their particular era provide too narrow a compass from which to form an adequate conception of the nature of the human self the human self is properly to be viewed according to Ibn Arabi as essentially and unequivocally a point of vision or locus of awareness which acts as a mirror in the unitive divine act of self-expression the human self in its primordial universal condition is a point of vision which possesses no essential characteristic other than totality and absoluteness its very nature is to mirror the totality and absoluteness of the unity of being the heart of the insani carnal reflects the entire divine order without blemish or distortion it is the place where God manifests his mystery to himself logically consecutive to this essential vision is the exterior manifesting and further imaging and unfolding of the essential revelation in the theatre of manifestation known as the universes including all that occurs within the matrix of space and time and thereby all that occurs within the coordinates of history and culture it is only from the position of union Tawheed that the Arif of whom God says when I love him I am his hearing through which he hears his eyesight through which he sees his hand through which he holds and his foot through which he walks only the Arif can know the theophanic secret of the atom and unambiguously appreciate the quality of the era by which God reveals himself to that particular time one who can inherently be designated as a worshipper of the era elsewhere Ibn Arabi cites the case of Abu Bak who said I see nothing without seeing God before it for he did not see before it had entered into him God his eye saw the real before the thing it might be said that such Gnostics see the era itself as a dimension of eternity or better still see the era in the ipseity of God they see the era with God's vision how then can such people ever conceive of the cosmos 
as a closed physical system or conceive of the moving force of the universe as simply being nature or conceive of the great determining force of our reality as the mysterious force of history Ibn Arabi's metaphysics is predicated on God's vision of himself in the infinity of his own forms it originates from the origin and opens up a vast spiritual and epistemological landscape hitherto hardly imaginable as Belent Ralph puts it the Fasus al-Hikam should be read with a pre-understanding of the point of view from which it ensued chronologically the modern era for Ibn Arabi is situated somewhere along the continuum between the time of Muhammad and the second coming of Jesus in this way we can glimpse that when the whole of reality God's vast earth including ourselves is experienced as theophany then it would not be mistaken to say that the infinity of the world process becomes revivified and transfigured it becomes a place of extraordinary vision the Arif is transported and thereby able to penetrate the experiential depths cadences and beauty of God's love to be known this essential theophanic dimension of all personal phenomenal existence invites us to an awareness of the fact that for Ibn Arabi the transformation of the states of ordinary people are all divine signs even when they go unnoticed unlike that theorist of modernity Max Weber we need not fear the disenchantment of the world for the Wadat al-Wajud of Ibn Arabi reveals a re-enchanted picture of the world as the ever-renewed disclosure of being in this context science and technology rather than negating this world picture reveals just an infinitesimal fraction of the extraordinary possibilities of being science and technology and the associated forms of rationality are integral to the era in which we live and they are the means through which as Belent Ralph points out all manifestation and further knowledge which we shall acquire shall come science is thoroughly embedded in the matrix of modernity it is clearly one of the defining and governing determinants of the era whilst this is the case Ibn Arabi's metaphysics makes it quite clear that the real cannot be arrived at by the kind and type of knowledge and methods utilized by science or technology these do not constitute the right kind of epistemic affordance but we ourselves do this is one's inheritance 
and potential as a being made in the image of God a situation of such grandeur and beauty and elevation that it has been remarked you think of yourself as a small thing whereas in you there is hidden the biggest of the universes the epistemic key to unlocking this universe is to come to know yourself so that you know God with certainty Yakin. no disenchantment here and we can now address the second question which we set out to address in this short paper that is the question of whether the increasing interest in western culture in the metaphysics of Ibn Arabi is simply an accidental throwback to a pre-scientific pre-technological pre-industrial age such a conclusion could only rest on a denial of what the very doctrine of the unity of being is insisting upon that is that modernity is itself an inseparable dimension of the unity of being this also means that all the unprecedented global and monumental cultural changes in lived human experience engendered by modernity can be no other than the consequential aspects of what Ibn Arabi calls the clarification of the mirror of the world it is fairly clear to many that the ongoing seismic changes in western and global 20th century human life have made the need for a new and renewed sense of human response and responsibility urgent and unavoidably obvious if this increasing awareness is to herald a universal clarification of the very idea of the unity of being then we need to go beyond modernity's ideologies beyond its divisions and boundaries beyond its self-descriptions and beyond its conceptual and theoretical categories interestingly in this respect we find Nietzsche that alleged inaugurator of modernity saying in answer to the question of what a philosopher ought to demand of himself that it is the authentic philosopher's task to overcome his time in himself to become timeless to wrestle as Nietzsche puts it with whatever marks him as a child of his time that is to strive for that vision of the era beyond its own self-descriptions and conceptualizations, which envisages it as more than the sum of its parts and which recognizes that the parts can only be properly understood from the point of view of the unity of existence itself this is the theophanic perspective on the era and on ourselves to which the Wadat al-Wajud of Ibn Arabi invites and thereby each era is inherently constituted by the presence of its own zenith its own highest specimen 
the insani Kamil. Interestingly, in the poem over the entrance to Ibn Arabi's tomb in Damascus, we read, For every age there is one through whom it is elevated. For the remaining ages, I am that one. From such an Akbarian vantage point, the interior reality of the era is inescapably the movement of love. In spite of the inverse appearances of that love, perhaps we stand, many of us hesitatingly, sometimes awkwardly, sometimes unknowingly, on the brink of an increasing global actualization of the full human potential to be the place of its superlative expression which love in reality is the unfolding from the unseen of God's love to be known and the preparation of the place the era to receive and mirror such a gift in its fullness the era is forever in the making at each moment In may, it may in many ways be true that modernity was the greatest transformation in human history since remote times but the interior meaning of that transformation and the movement of its global clarification in the mirror of the modern world not only constitutes a universal message of hope but if, is, if we are to follow Ibn Arabi, intrinsic to its future trajectory. Perhaps we have not yet seen the greatest transformation in human history, but our era heralds its presence and beckons a listening ear. And to know this is to begin to understand the era by way of its essential meaning. Thank you.